Am I good enough to do this? Do I have what it takes? Is there a job waiting for me? These are questions that oftentimes young aspiring artists ask themselves prior to launching a career in the professional arts. And the truth is, is that if every artist is being honest when answering these questions, the answer is no. Stay with us to find out why that's okay. Join us for Outset, a podcast dedicated to helping fledgling artists develop a healthy, creative approach to their art and careers. I'm Emily Wheeler. And I'm Scott Ferris. And thank you for joining us for a conversation for the developing artist. Today we're going to be talking about what kind of healthy questions a developing artist can ask themselves when determining if they should pursue the path of working in the professional arts. Now, a moment ago, Emily, you asked some really hard questions. (laughs) Number one, am I good enough? That's a terrifying question. It was terrifying to me when I was a, a, a young artist coming up because I think the answer is actually no. I right. think that's a truthful answer that none of us are probably ever good enough. So what's kind of your take on that? Yeah, you know, I, it's been my experience that I've sat with a lot of artists as they are Um, trying to develop their craft and launch a career in the professional arts. And oftentimes there's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of worry if they've made the right decision with their life to pursue a path in the arts. And we can have a lot of experiences that cause us to wonder if we're doing the right thing in trying to become a professional artist. And so these questions start to bubble up as if they're going to give us the answer, you know, as if they're going to validate that we're doing the right thing or not. Am I good enough? Do I have what it takes? And I feel bad for people who get stuck in a place where they're worried about the answer to that question and it kind of stunts their ability to move forward. Because look, (laughs) the reality is, right, if we're being honest about it, none of us are good enough at the time we're asking that question. Absolutely. Anytime an artist is sitting right at the starting line and they're asking, am I good enough to record my first album? Am I good enough to stage my first show? Am I good enough to feature you know, my photography in, in a gallery? Am I good enough to do anything in the arts? When you're on that starting line and you ask that question and you haven't tried it yet, you haven't experienced the process of trying it, the answer is no. Because we're not just talking about a character assessment. It's not just a, am I hardworking enough? Am I resilient enough? Am I tough enough? We're actually really talking also about a skill set. Do you have the technical knowledge to do it? That's right. And no, you, no. Just, you just don't if you haven't done it yet. <laughs> I've got to agree 100%. I think sometimes a better question to ask is, am I brave enough to start? (laughs) Right, (laughs) Um, right. Because I think it takes a lot of bravery. And I think for me personally in in my path, it took some delusion. Mm -hmm. I think there, you know, and I don't mean that in a negative connotation. I was just young and dumb enough to think that I could. And I wasn't good enough at all. There was no way I was even close, but I was going to do it anyway. And wow, I think there's so much power in attacking that in some kind of fearless fashion. You know, and I'm sure there were people watching me just shaking their heads going, oh my gosh, why is that kid even trying this? (laughs) You know, um, 
And later on, when I ended up teaching uh, for quite a long time, I, I learned that I couldn't always predict what student was going to be successful and which one mm. wasn't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was the student that I thought, there is no way this individual is going to have a career in the arts. And they're a full-time guitar player, you know, right. playing on national TV shows now. Right. Um, and so, you know, uh, so I think it's kind of interesting. So I think there is a little bit of of bravery involved and a little bit of delusion involved in thinking, yes, I am good enough to do this. Yeah. Uh, because truthfully, I don't think any of us are. Right. Yeah. It is the experience, right? Yeah. It's the process. It's the journey. It's taking the first step and then the next step. And and when you walk that path, when you walk that journey, then you learn even more about what it actually does take. That's correct. Uh, and that process, that journey allows you to grow in ways where then finally you can become good enough to do it. Um, you know, you've recorded a few albums and your first one may be would you say that that's your best one? <laughs> no, it's usually awful. Um, our, our, you know, my first uh, album was absolutely terrible, uh, but I wouldn't have gotten to the second album sure. if I hadn't recorded the first one. Right. So when people are at that starting line, you know, when maybe they have just started college or they've just moved somewhere, right? They've sacrificed some part of their life or made some effort to really launch a career here in the arts to get started. It really is so unfair to stand at that starting line and ask, am I good enough? And to worry about the answer. You know, there's just so much wisdom in putting a smile on your face and humbly saying, no, like I'm not, none of us are. At that starting line, no one here is good enough. We don't even really know fully what it takes to do this. So it's unhealthy to ask, do I have what it takes? Um, it's been my experience, right? That if you can just humbly say no to that with a smile on your face, so much easier to take the next step and move on. I agree completely. And every great artist or musician uh, that I've ever worked with, the truly great ones, still feel that way. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well into their careers. I mean, I, I know even for, for me, when I mix a record, there's still terror every time I sit down at the desk going, am I going to do a good job today? Because yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the desire of my heart. But, I, you know, I think if, if you think you've arrived, uh, there's something wrong. Sure. Now, this next question that we started with at the, at the top of this discussion, yes. is there a job waiting for me? <laughs> what, what are your thoughts about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no job waiting for you. Um, I have some pretty specific thoughts on that. I, I think if you're going to be a, a, an artist or a musician, you have to invent your own job. Sure. You have to be entrepreneurial. You have to create your own path. There are certainly paths that can lead to employment. For instance, if you uh, are a visual artist, if you're a, uh, you know, a sculptor, certainly you could potentially get a job teaching school somewhere, at a college, you know, conservatory, whatever. Um, but the truth is you're teaching it at that point. It's not that you're doing it. That's mm-hmm. not where all your money's coming from. Your mm-hmm. money is coming mm-hmm. from the fact that you're teaching right. it, which is a noble and fantastic pursuit. But is there a job for you to be a sculptor? <laughs> no. <laughs> Probably right. not. Right. What's your take on it? I agree, right? It's never been my experience that I've seen someone um, either go to school or go through a certain training and develop the skills they need to be an artist, and they're in a hurry to do it because there is a job 
that's open and available and waiting for them. And they're just really trying to get to that job, right? It requires, like you said, this outside the box thinking of being an entrepreneur and thinking about how can I create a job for me? How can I pull up a ta- you know, pull up a chair to the table of art and, and join the community here? But if the answer is no to I'm not good enough to do this and I don't have what it takes, at least at that starting line, and there is this recognition and acceptance that, nope, there's not a job waiting for me. Okay, so if the answer is no to all of those questions, what kind of questions should people be asking when they're trying to determine if they should pursue the path of being a professional artist? I think one of the questions I would always ask is, will you do it anyway? Is this something that's such a part of your soul that you can't live without it? That you'll, you're going to do it on the weekends, you're going to do it at night, you might be delivering mail for the postal service, or you might be working at the mall, or, <laughs> or working on cars, or uh, roofing houses, or whatever yeah. it is. Um, are you going to do it anyway? Is yeah. this something that's so much a part of you that you can't live without it? I think that's a good question to ask. Yeah, you know, I remember when I was at that point in my life where I had received a lot of training in the arts, a lot of experience, had started to do a few things professionally. But, you know, you come to that moment where you really have to decide what you're going to do with your life. What direction are you going to take it? And as I was determining, should I be a professional artist? I mean, I had kind of an opportunity to go to law school and I was trying to decide law school artist, which one, (laughs) which one do you do? (laughs) Right. And on many levels, it seems like such a smarter decision to choose law school. Right. Absolutely. Um, but I didn't choose that route. I chose the other route because this question, do I believe in it? Do I believe in the power of art? Do I believe in the necessity of art in society? Those questions burned so deeply. Yes. In my soul, that it made it hard to walk away from it, made it impossible to walk away from it. I stayed. I stayed in the arts, you know, and developed a career in the arts because my answer to that question was yes, I believe in this. <laughs> yes, I know that art in our society matters, and I want to be a part of that. I I couldn't agree more. Um, I I I think. Uh, I think that as you experience music, you, you learn that, that music has so much depth, art has so much depth, literature has so much depth, and the ability to change the world. And that is not to denigrate the legal profession. There's a, you know, I'm sure there are people that feel exactly the same passion for that that you and I do for the arts. And I'm really grateful when I, you know, if I need to do a will, I'm really glad somebody <laughs> knows how to do that or, sure. you know, uh, or, you know, something like that. But, but for me, the fact that a simple piece of music could change someone's life yeah. it, because it did for me, yeah. um, it changed me forever. I, I believe in it so deeply in the core of me that I had to be involved and there was just nothing else I could do. Yeah. So have you had an experience or maybe like a moment early on when you were a developing artist where, you know, it impacted you at such a level that you knew you couldn't walk away from it? You knew this is what you wanted to do. I do, and it's a little bit silly. Um, I I play rock and roll, mm-hmm. so I was watching one of my favorite bands perform. It's a band uh, from Katy, Texas, called Kings X, and they were an opening act in a coliseum, and so no one else knew who they were. Uh, Amy and I, which Amy's my wife, she's also a musician. We were the only ones in the audience that knew who this band was, <laughs> and we're singing every song along with this band, and the lead singer 
is just my favorite vocalist on earth and he's a bass player as well. And at that time, you know, he's this super fit, about six foot four black guy with a white mohawk, you know, (laughs) and he hits a diamond where, you know, he hits a whole note and the band is sustaining and he looks straight out in the audience and he shields his eyes and he looks me straight in the eyes and says, thank you off of the microphone. Uh, mm -hmm. It was literally electric. I mean, I felt that in the deepest part of my soul. And it's silly. He said, thank you. I was singing along (laughs) to a pop song. You know what I mean? But that moment changed me forever. I went, I want that. Yeah. I've got to be a part of this. And it shows, right, how, how powerful, how powerfully art connects people. Yeah. Unifies people. Yes. Right? People that may not have much else in common, in really. Common. Um, but that experience with art yeah. in the moment so, unifies. So, so do you have an experience like that? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I've, I've had a few, well, several experiences while I was growing up and early on in my career that were, were powerful for me. When I was in graduate school, um, my husband and I, he also is an artist, and when we were in graduate school, we were very poor, which I think is a pretty common <laughs> description of people yes. in graduate school. And because we needed additional income, I accepted a job from a youth correctional facility in our community. And they were doing some experimental rehabilitation with some of the um, teenagers who were in their facility. And as part of that, they wanted to make art available to the teenagers in their facility. So if the teenagers had good behavior and they were doing well in the classes that they were in basically enrolled in within the facility, they earned the opportunity to take music lessons. And at that point, they could choose if they wanted to study drums, guitar, saxophone, or piano. And a lot of them chose guitar. So I ended up going once a week to this facility. It was a lockdown facility. You get your locker when you show up, put all your stuff in it, go through the metal detector and go into the room where you could sit down with your student. They'd be brought down from their room and they'd get to sit with you for 30 minutes and take a music lesson. And if the facility went on a lockdown during the time you were there, then you had a lot of time with that student, (laughs) not just your 30 minute (laughs) lesson, but usually an additional hour. And that's a long time to just sit face to face with someone and kind of hang out with them. And so I got to know my students really well. Most of them were gang members from Detroit or Toledo. They were rough. They were really, really rough kids. Um, But part of the deal, right, was that if they took music lessons, they had to once a year perform a recital. And they had to perform the recital for everyone else that was in that facility. So I had a student who had a really rough go at his time there. Um, He was a part of a gang that was a rival gang to several of the other people who were in close proximity to him in the facility. And it was rough. He experienced a lot of things that were very difficult for him. And I went on several lockdowns with this particular individual. So we got to know each other very, very well through our time there. Well, the day of the recital came. And I knew that he was uneasy. I knew he was pretty nervous about this approaching performance. And when I showed up into this, what they were, you know, there was a room that they had kind of essentially turned into a green room. When I showed up into this room and saw him, he did not look well. (laughs) He looked (laughs) terrified. He looked nervous. Yeah. He looked very uneasy. And look, here's the thing. He was getting up and he was going to play eight measures of music. Okay, which is not a lot of music. It's not a lot of time. We're talking about literally seconds of just getting up there, playing something, and then you're done. You're off the hook. I was going to play with him. And so I told him beforehand, I'm like, look, if you mess up, I'll just keep, I'll keep it going. It's going to be okay. And I tried to reassure him that it was going to be fine and he would be okay. 
Um, well, the moment came. And so we all go into this larger room. All of the people in the facility are now in this large room. All of the teenagers, all of the um, adults, the staff, they're all there. And one by one, the kids start going up and playing their piece of music and getting their applause and going up the stage. When it was this student's turn to go up on stage, he looked very, very uncomfortable. And I walked up with him, and I'm whispering the whole way, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. And we sit down, and we play this music. And again, it's very brief. It's eight measures long. It's not long. It's not a very sophisticated piece of music. It's very simple. It's something most beginners would, you know, easily be able to to perform. And, you know, Scott, when I got done, I'm never going to forget what his face looked like. And I can get even emotional thinking about it right now because his face had such raw, both relief (laughs) (laughs) that this was done and joy that he had found a way to express himself that was positive. That's incredible. That he had found a way to share with other people a piece of him, and it came through nothing um, violent. It didn't come through anything illegal. It didn't come through any negative behavior at all. It was purely positive behavior. He'd found a way to get some attention, uh, found a way to express and share a piece of himself in a healthy, positive way. And as everyone applauded for him, including the people in opposing gangs that were there, as they applauded for him and he felt that kind of acceptance in that moment... The expression on his face was, you know, I will never forget that. And I knew walking away from that moment that I would always want to be an artist. I'd always want to be creating art. I'd always be wanting to help other people learn how to create art. That's an incredible story. And I'm sure that his life didn't have too many of those positive moments. I think you're right. He did something positive. I think this was a first. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, music has such, so many deeper purposes, I think, than, than we realize. I had an experience, um, I've actually done this three times, where I actually performed uh, guitar. I played guitar uh, for someone on their deathbed. And not to get all heavy here, <laughs> um, but in those moments, you realize that creating a piece of art or creating a piece of music or performing something for somebody or writing something for them isn't about fame, it's not about money, it's not about um, your own ego, it's not about any of those things. Because I can tell you, you know, when you're literally sitting next to someone who is, who's dying, I, I probably didn't give my best performance <laughs> ever because I'm really having trouble thinking about what I'm doing because I'm yeah. literally in tears. Right. Because I love this person yeah. that's that's near me, but in that moment, um, one one of the individuals was an adopted kind of grandmother to to my daughter, and here she is, literally on her deathbed. I had literally just watched her son in the room yell at her for not paying enough attention because all the family was there, and this woman mm-hmm. had pancreatic cancer, and mm-hmm. I mean. She was in horrible pain, and I wanted to deck the guy for one. Um, But when I began to play, I could see a moment of relief on her face. Yeah. For three minutes. That's the greatest thing I ever could have given to another human being. And that's worth more than 10,000 people in an audience or selling six million books or whatever. Those moments mean more. 
to yeah, me. That's the power of it right yeah, there. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so as we're asking these questions, um, I think, are you looking for those things in your art? Is that what you're seeking? Because I think if you seek those things, you're going to find it. You'll seek, if you're seeking depth, truthfully seeking truth and, 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 and trying to find something that transcends, I think it's there. I think yeah. you can find it. Yeah, you know, if you're out there, right, you're a developing artist and you're wondering, am I good enough? Do I have what it takes? Is this a smart path for me, you know, financially? Will there be a job waiting for me? No, you know, you're just not at that starting line. And all of us, anytime we begin a new project in the inchoate stage of it, the answer is no. We're just not good enough yet. We don't have what it takes yet. There may not be a job waiting for you. But those questions maybe are not the questions, right, that we should be asking to determine if we should pursue a path in the arts. There are better questions. Um, some of the questions that we've talked about today, some of these questions like, do you believe in it? Um, can you live without it? Would you do it anyway? If your answer to these questions is yes, then maybe it's okay to stay on the path. Yeah, welcome to the family. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think, you know, we certainly don't bring this up to be doom and gloom because I don't feel that way in, at all. I think there are incredible opportunities in the arts right now. I think uh, more than probably any other time in history, there's a way to be heard and there's a way for your work to be seen and appreciated. And and uh, I, I think that a possibility exists and the ability for individuals who have gumption, who have some bravery, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of delusion mixed in, um, <laughs> can start something that can that can literally change the world, or at least they're part of the world. Yeah, it's such an exciting time, actually, isn't it, to it be is. an artist? There's so many opportunities um, for those people who can think outside the box just a little bit, for those people who are resilient, hardworking, for those people who um, want it want to be an artist. They want to contribute. They want to be in the community of art. There are so many opportunities right now. There was um, this time of year, right? Um, I get the opportunity to work at a few um, universities in this time of year. There's a lot of recruiting happening and a lot of kids who will be coming to school, want to become a major in some kind of art, right? And in my area, I get to meet with kids who want to be musicians. And oftentimes parents are coming along too with a lot of concern. <laughs> Yes. Right. Should yes. should is my child making a good call here? Is this a smart decision to become a professional musician? And sometimes this question is asked or a version of this question where they will ask, shouldn't my child be doing something that will change a life? You know, that's really helpful in, in society. And when that question is asked, I just have to look at the parent and humbly but sincerely ask them, how do you know their music won't? Absolutely. How do you know their music won't change a life or save a life? Who, who among us has never been in a dark place and some experience with art helped us start crawling out of it? Absolutely. And I've also seen the exact same set of parents ask a different question. Shouldn't my child be doing something where I can earn a, they can earn a living? <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's a fair question. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fair question. It totally is. And, and no artistic path is easy. Mm -hmm. It's not. Um, uh, we don't do it because of the ease. That's, that's for correct. sure. That's correct. But if you have that bravery and you develop your skills and you are a hardworking individual, there's no reason you can't make a living doing this. You may not get Absolutely. wealthy, but you actually can make a living doing this. And 
over the coming weeks, I think we'll probably discuss some of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you're out there listening to this, we hope that as you ponder these questions um, on, a, on a personal level, that you get some insight into what it means to become an artist. Don't let these questions, am I good enough to do this? Do I have what it takes? Is there a job waiting for me? Don't let those questions make or break your decision on becoming an artist. The answer to those is just no. <laughs> you can admit that with a smile on your face and, and just move on to the next set of questions, which are certainly more constructive and helpful. Do I believe in this? Do I feel like I have to be a part of this? And if the answer is no, there is no shame in getting on a different path or journey in life and being an enthusiast or a hobbyist in the arts while you pursue a different career. But if your answer is yes, then the world has gained another artist. And that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. Thanks for sharing this conversation with us. We hope it helps with your journey. Live artfully. Outset is produced by Emily Wheeler and Scott Ferris, engineered by Christopher Reynolds, and recorded at the Amusement Park Recording Studio in Lubbock, Texas.